Welcome to Nana Tings. Hey everyone, it's Antonio from Nana Tings. Uh, before we get into this episode, I just want to say thank you for listening to these important episodes and series of Mental Health Year. I'm really trying to break down the stigma and not make it such just a mental health day in October. I really just want to talk about it daily, especially with what I'm going through right now. I just got diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. So I want to be able to talk to other people and not just anxiety about all different things that's going on. But while I get into these episodes, I just want to mention a few free anxiety attack helplines and resources that are available. Um, there's one National Alliance on Mental Illness helpline. It's 1-800-950-6264. They are available Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, this organization provides free information and referral to treatment programs, support groups, and educational programs. Then you have National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255. If severe anxiety is causing you to experience suicidal thoughts, don't hesitate to call this free 24-hour crisis intervention hotline. Counselors can help you ease your anxiety and get you to a clear headspace you need to seek help. There's also a Spanish-speaking hotline. It's 1-888-628-9454. Hard of hearing is one 800 799-4889. Veterans, 1-800-273-8255. Then we have Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration Helpline, 1-800-662-4357. And it's if you're not in danger of harming yourself or others, but you're ready to seek medical care for your anxiety, this organization helps you locate services that can help you find a mental health facility near you. Then we have Boys Town National Hotline, 1-800-448-3000. Anxiety in teenagers are becoming more common as they face and, you know, pressures with schoolwork and preparation and, you know, just growing up. So this is a, an organization that helps uh, teenagers and parents. And the hotline is 24-7 and it's a free crisis intervention service. So I will be putting these in the bio every episode. Uh, please feel free to reach out. And don't be afraid to ask for help. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I have Megan, my best friend from Long Beach. Here is my third guest. Everyone say hi to Megan. Hello. Hey, girl. Um, I am so happy to have you on this podcast. I know we've been trying since September. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into some things. Let's talk about like how first of all, how are you? That's uh, a big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm doing pretty well, you know, hanging in there, all things considered, 2020 stress. But other than that, you know, doing good. How about you, Tony? How you doing? Good, good. Hanging in there, just working from home and trying to be a good boyfriend and all those things, you know, staying creative. Yeah, lots this- of <laughs> <laughs> During these fucking trifling times. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's tell the listeners how we know each other. There's some there's some history here. Yeah, there is a lot of history. Uh, so Tony and I know each other back from Long Beach Middle School. We were about, I don't know, 12, 13. And we My had babies. science. Yeah, we were. And uh, we had science class together. And, you know, over the years, we just 
really became best friends. We're like soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Um, we traveled the world. Was it was it last year or two years ago at this point? Uh, last two years ago. Two years ago, we oh my god, we did so many trips. We did uh, San Francisco, Amsterdam, Italy. In Italy alone, we did Florence, Calabria with my family, um, Rome, and then we did London. Oh yes, the London trip, one that I will never forget for many oh, God. reasons. <laughs> many, many nasty reasons. <laughs> yes, unspeakable for today's podcast. Unspeakable for today's podcast, definitely. When when I have like a sex crazy moment podcast, maybe I'll bring you back on as a guest. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I truly love being your friend. You have amazing empathetic energy to you, uh, and you're a really good soul. And it's always a good time to travel with you. I mean, we have so many fucking great stories. Yeah. Amazing memories. I love, you know, you're a great person. We always have great energy together and good times. So I'm really excited to be on this podcast today. Oh, and thank you. Um, I'm excited to have you. We're going to go right into mental health talk, but uh, we may have to tell some travel stories after. So keep that in the back of your head. All right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so mental health year, a segment of mine where I want to break the stigma and talk about mental health daily instead of just one mental health national day. And, you know, you're an amazing person to talk with because you have your own journey, you know, my journey, and you are an advocate for bullying. And also you're a social worker. So let's get into, let's just start with a topic, actually, I I would love to discuss bullying. So um, for my listeners out there, uh, I don't know if I really talked about this part of mental health or, you know, uh, things that could drop your self-esteem and, and boost your anxiety. But Megan was there for when I was bullied all of middle school and high school. And I, I came to her as a way to vent and have a, a friend that had my back. So, Megan, if what what is your view of like bullying and what it can do to um, someone's self-esteem? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was there for you know, a lot of the times that were kind of tough for you. And I've mm-hmm. gone through my own struggles with bullying, which I think a lot of people don't know. Um, but being someone that is a little bit overweight and having, you know, uh, a lot of fat prejudice in society, honestly, right, that's something that I've struggled with. But yeah. I think, you know, bullying impacts people on a really deep level. And I think it's really prominent in children and teenagers. And, it really, it does. It has a, it takes a toll on people's self-esteem. It really makes them think about things that they may not have thought about. Right. And it starts to create these insecurities, which are really, really challenging to work through. It takes a, take a long time to get through some of those issues that come up when we talk about bullying. Yeah. And do you see anything in your social work about, you know, uh, people's self-esteem dropping or, or heightened anxiety? Absolutely. Yes. I, some of the biggest, you know, issues that people come to me for primarily is anxiety. And, you know, alongside that, some people have histories of, you know, bullying, whether it's, you know, family members, older siblings, uh, friends growing, you know, people growing up, and it really does impact their self-esteem. And self-esteem, in my opinion, as a social worker, is one of the more challenging things to work through, because most of us are our own worst critic. And it's really hard to change that dialogue that is negative self-talk. You're so right. I always talk about, you know, your inner saboteur and your self-sabotage. And 
And sometimes it's due to the environmental experiences or what's going on with your classmates bullying you that your self-doubt comes out because your self-esteem is so low. I agree, you know, and, and the voice that we hear inside of our head, right, that voice is really powerful. And, you know, if we talk negatively about ourselves or others are bullying us about things that might be weaknesses for us, it really does manifest in the way we view ourselves and how we put ourselves out there. So I think self-esteem, you know, anxiety, depression, they're so, they're all very interconnected. Yeah, I, you know, so I I think a lot of people when they get older, they realize they may have an anxiety disorder. Uh, I found out about it this year for myself, but I look back at middle school and high school and I I look back at the thoughts that I had in my head of not wanting to go into school and and thinking that I'm ugly and thinking I'm not good enough and and crying sometimes in in a low-key panic attack of being afraid of being bullied. And I look back at it and I'm like, oh my God, these were triggers of anxiety when I was a teenager. And I didn't have a label for it because um in school we're taught in in society through pop culture that this is just what high school is right mean girls people talking shit this and that but it really was a trigger to my self-esteem and and to my mental mental health definitely and i think you really made a good point here tony is that you know there's a lot of stigma about mental health and oftentimes it's downplayed like, Oh, you know, you're just worrying. Oh, get over it. It's not a big deal. And when you're younger, you don't realize that maybe it is a big deal and maybe there is a diagnosis behind it, or maybe it is worth something talking about. And we often do tend to downplay that. And like you said, it's, Oh, come on, you're in high school. That's how high school is. High school is really tough, but given that it's so tough, you know, People need to talk about it and, and people struggle and bullying is real. So, yeah. Yeah, we need to end bullying. I hate that, like, even in a modern society, bullying is still happening. Like, I don't get it. I'm surprised a lot of things are still happening in today's world. So, that amen to that, sis. <laughs> amen to that. Definitely. I, yeah, like on Twitter, there's always these, like, um, you know, videos or tweets or stuff about like, you know, like a kid, even like people with disabilities, like autism, mm-hmm. you know, being um, attacked or, or made fun of. And I'm just like, honestly, like, I know your kids or your, I know your teenagers and maybe your brain's wired, your hormones are flaring everywhere, but like, get your shit together and just be a good ass person. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you made me, you know, think of something is that, um, you know, there's a lot about social comparison with things like Instagram and Facebook, but really specifically things like Instagram, where all you're seeing is people's highlight reel. You're seeing their best selves, their edited photos, this one moment in time, and everybody is living to try to match that social persona and comparison. And it's creating huge problems for young people, especially, and for adults, you know? And I think that we get so caught up in social media and there's a lot of bullying, cyberbullying that goes on because of it. And it's a real problem. And it's, it's really saddening. You brought up a really good point. Um, two things. So the cyberbullying, for sure. I mean, in this same age, oh, my God, like the amount of like things. Yet, yet again, talking about Twitter, like tweets that I even see on timelines and stuff. It's crazy. And then the second is about the social comparison, like. You're so right. I, I think it, I'm in the work of entertainment. And I think sometimes your self-doubt could even come from that, right? It could be like, oh, well, this person that I know from this agency booked like five gigs and I haven't booked shit in a year. I, I suck at this, this, and this. And I have those thoughts sometimes and they do not help at all. 
Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, you see someone with the perfect body or, you know, this business that they started via social media or, you know, they're out and they're traveling and you're like, how do they even afford that? Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's just you're constantly flooded with images that are they appear as reality, but the truth is, is that oftentimes they're not. They're just one snapshot of a moment in time or one edited or how many times it took you to take the perfect selfie, right? And, you know, get the perfect selfie light and all of these things. And it's really destroying people's self-esteem and it's unrealistic expectations of how people should look or act. And it's a big problem, I think, for mental health nowadays. Amen to that. Um you're, you're so right. And I'm going to ask you what, do you have any personal experiences of these like self doubt thoughts, um, whether it's social comparison or, or just inner demons that you would want to share or any triumphs from it? For sure. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, I've struggled with my weight throughout my life and there's a lot of comparison, you know, even now as a 29 year old adult and even being confident and being a really mentally stable person, um, but I struggle too sometimes, right, with, you know, wanting to look a certain way or be able yeah. to dress a certain way um, or even seeing people that are, you know, in relationships and comparing our timelines to others, right, and getting stuck yep. in, you know, should I be doing this and where should I be? Should I have a house? Should I be in a relationship? You know, there's just so many ways that we compare ourselves. And I think each and every one of us, myself included, can get caught up in that from time to time. And I think it's okay to take breaks from social media, if you find yourself really getting into this kind of dark hole of it, you know, take a break. You don't have to be connected all the time. So, yeah. Uh, I love that you said that. I I think it's very important to uh, be away from your phone a little bit and not be so addicted to social media. And I, um, I practiced that a little bit when I was actually in Tulum. So while speaking about one with social comparison, I looked at my swimwear photos, some of them were hot, but then some of them were like, I looked at my body and I was like, oh my God, like half of the guys on this trip look so good that I was deleting them. Cause like, just cause I had a little bit more of a stomach than what they have. And I'm over here. And then at one point I was like, you know what? I'm putting down my phone. I'm not recording anything. I'm trying to be in the moment. And like, mm-hmm. fuck that. Also like, A, I'm the birthday boy and B like, people are here for me because like my heart not because if I have abs or not exactly and, uh, yeah and it was really cool though because I like did post pictures and videos but they were like days later like I remember the first two nights there I put my phone away in my hotel room and like my Airbnb and like literally was just at the jacuzzi and then I posted things like three days later and it felt so good to like not be so much on social media or like edit a photo while on a trip and just enjoying like my company my boyfriend and like the sun <laughs> right. Just being present in the moment. We have forgotten how to just be present, you know, um, taking something in with your eyes and feeling it, smelling it, right? The view of the beach is yeah. such a better memory than that photo that you take that really doesn't measure up. And I think this connects to what we started this conversation about, you know, mental health and anxiety. There's this big fear or really a desire rather to fit in, right? to to go with the crowd and you know we get caught up in that and that really impacts people it escalates anxiety it you know decreases people's self-esteem if they don't feel they measure up to what they think they should by society and it's a really rough cycle I think I agree I 
I just like, you know, want to live life and not be so addicted to the phone being like, Oh my God, well I'm on this trip for a week and do I have to show something? And then you get in this mindset of like, no. And you know, this reminds me of when you and I went to Italy, honestly, it was such a good trip because you and I were not really on our phones. Like you and I were just enjoying each other's <laughs> company and then like hanging out with my family in Calabria, like for those five nights. Like when I talk about being so blissful, like I did not even care to be posting. We were just eating my Zia's home cooked food. We were going to the beach, oh. like that sunset. Yes. But I cried. I was so in the moment. I didn't take a picture. It was the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen in my life. And I mean that. And it came over me with emotion. I, as cheesy as it is, remember I cried and it was so beautiful, you know? No, you're so right. A photo couldn't even take the beauty of it. That's what's crazy. Like when we went to Capri, like, Mm. oh my God, like talk about like, I don't know, like that trip really was just so like that aha moment. Like I felt like, uh, just like, even though I had no weight on my chest, I just felt so ease. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a great trip. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also good for mental health, though, right? Like, you know, when you're at ease like that and you're not on your phone, that also lowers anxiety because you're not having these back thoughts being like, I have 500 messages. I need to check my work email while I'm on vacation. You know, I need to post on Instagram. It it really is in the moment and you're being in your body, which is so blissful and it's meditative in itself. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, part of that, what you're really talking about is self-care here and taking Mm -hmm. care of ourselves and learning that we have to unplug and we have to find the joy in things. And whether it's traveling, spending time in nature, getting lost in a good book or meditating, I mean, we have to disconnect and we have to make time for ourselves because self-care isn't selfish. We need this. We need this to thrive, to get our mental health in check and to block out some of the stress of our day to day. So I think it's really important. Yes. What do we call it? Master dating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Being one with yourself emotionally, not just physically. Um, that, oh my God, I love that word. I love how we like, you'll ever do like a master dating thing. You're just like texting, be like, I'm on the beach. <laughs> yes. I, I always do. I, I'll text Tony and say, you know, I'm master dating right now. I went to, you know, a beach concert by myself or I took myself to dinner and it's really nice to be able to spend time alone and to actually feel comfortable enough doing so. And people get so worried about, are they going to judge me if I'm out to dinner by myself? Are they going to ask, you know, are you waiting for someone? And so what if they ask and say, no, you know what? I'm by myself. And I find that you actually meet more people when you do things on your own, people that you may have never spoken to if you were with a friend or with a group of people. So it's really nice to spend time with yourself and, and be comfortable with yourself. Literally, I respect that about you so much. You even did it in London, like had your own Megan day and then ran <laughs> out at a bar and shit. Like, yeah, I literally. had to get away from a lot of that energy that was going on in the London wow. trip. So I took, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I took a trip, a day trip just by myself to the markets and I went and watched football and, and met so many people. And um, it was just great. It's just so fun. Yeah. And so my next question is, what are, what are your favorite tools slash tips of working with your own mental health? Uh, whether it's seeking help, self-care, meditation, like what are your, what are your tools? That's a great question. I think for me, it's, you know, being really self-aware, really checking in with myself and saying, you know, looking at my feelings, looking at my thoughts, seeing how they're connected. And recently, I guess, really over the summer, I decided to start therapy for the first time. Um, yes. Yeah. 
so as a therapist, I was really curious, you know, they say that every therapist should be in therapy or have tried it. Right. And, you know, I was always like, yeah, okay. Okay. But finally I decided to jump in and I love it. I have the greatest therapist. It helps me uh, personally and it also helps me professionally And, you know, the thing that my therapist and I talk a lot about is getting clear. And we say something often, and I practice this as a social worker, is know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And we have to get mindful. Yes, exactly. And we have to get clear. So for me, therapy has been awesome. I also know what makes me feel good. So if I'm stressed, you know, today I went for a walk on the beach with my dog, just being in the sun, being by the water or Um, On my breaks, I'll sometimes dance like a crazy person around the house and just belch out a tune. And I don't care what I look like. I just need to complete that stress cycle and just let it out, you know? And so that really helps me to keep my mental health in check. Oh, I love that so much. I love that you just don't care about doing that. And, you know, I'm learning to do that too. So mindfulness, like you said, be clear. I love that. It's especially like now that I'm dating someone, I have to learn that like, I need to listen to their needs and what they're saying and be mindful on both sides and be clear of like my intentions. And if I don't want to come off bitchy, then my delivery should not be bitchy. Um, And that's definitely one thing. And two is knowing yourself, like you said, like yesterday watching the election come in, like I was with my roommate and a friend and like, they're just chilling watching it, but I was getting very anxious and you know, I'm an empath. So not only is it my anxiety, but I'm feeling anxiety of the world, right? I'm thinking these questions, like what's going on. (laughs) So I was feeling irritable and I also like was only on six hours of sleep. So that whole combination is like, if I don't step out of the room, I'm going to come off bitchy, even though that's not my intention. So I didn't care. I told him like, excuse myself. I literally laid in my bed for 20 minutes. I read a chapter of a book and then I came back and I was like, wow, I just needed to get out of a realm of anxiousness watching the news to reset myself so I don't project this on other people. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's important, like you said, to know yourself, to know what's going to set you off and, you know, to be clear on that and to really listen to that and not ignore it is, is really important. And the other thing, you know, about the election is, or, or really in general is that we have to learn to let go of things that are out of our control, you know? So if something's out of our control, then we really shouldn't waste time worrying about it because the anticipation of an event is often far worse than the event itself. And you're putting yourself through that stress twice. And for what reason, right? You have to ask yourself, is it really worth the stress? Is it really worth worrying about? You're right. Uh, Don't give someone else the power of control. Exactly. But that, yeah, I agree. And I love what you said about therapy. Same. I'm, I'm on my second month and my therapist has become one of my good friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lily, talking to him weekly is such a highlight. Like, I love that I just get one hour within the week and I just get to fucking vent, man. And like, be a human, no judgment, figure my shit out. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. And that's the best part about therapy is that it's an objective person in your life, right? It's, they're not, they're not involved. They're objective. They're non-biased. They're not going to judge you. You can be really raw and authentic in that room. And it's really a great experience. And so for anyone that might be listening that has struggled about stigma with therapy, I really encourage you as a therapist and as someone that is going through it myself in that process just try it. You know, you've got nothing to lose. You take care of yourself. If you've been bullied, if you've struggled with self-esteem, anxiety, depression, you know, just feeling stressed, it really helps to talk to someone. So I do hope that this 
motivates people to reach out. Yes, yeah, so Ellie, so that's you. That that's the point of this mental health year. I really want people to, you know, realize that about the stigma. And going into that, I want to, you know, I, I thank you for being a social worker. So what is your, uh, what, what do you love? I want to know what is your best thing about your job? Like, what do you love about um, being a social worker? I love, the way I see it is that I love helping people to reach their fullest potential. I love getting people to get more, like helping people find their own solutions, helping them to be more clear and to understand their patterns of behaviors and then to help rewire them. And then I get to see the change along the way for me is extremely gratifying. And just knowing that I'm making a positive impact on people's lives really is amazing for me. And, you know, the fact that people trust me with things that they may have never shared with anyone is, is really uh, something I, I don't take lightly. And I really, I always thank them for sharing because I think it's really hard for people. So I love seeing people be vulnerable and work through stuff and get out stronger and better on the other side. For me, that's, that's what drives me. Oh, it's because you're a good person. Thank you. (laughs) I try to be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's so rewarding. That's honestly amazing, Megan. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Let's switch some gears and let's get into I just want to talk about one travel story. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but (laughs) I I already know what it's going to be. So go ahead and share. (laughs) Okay. So we can, we can play it, uh, you know, scene by scene, but the overall, what happened is (laughs) Megan fell in a swamp or a fountain, whatever it was in Florence. (laughs) And it was probably like my, I put this on my hinge profile. That's how you know it was so fucking iconic because it was just so, oh my God, we just have, okay, quick story. Um, Megan and I are going to my favorite club, Flow in Florence, and we're walking because, you know, it's it's freaking like 90 degrees out in Italy, probably hotter than that. We're like, why wait for a cab? And then like all this, we could only walk just 20, 20 minutes straight and then up a hill. So we get to we get to a place. Mind you, and... we've been drinking already, everyone listening. So there was some alcohol involved. <laughs> Yeah, we're not just doing this over. Uh, <laughs> and we finally get to almost the hill. So we're like almost there. But Megan had to pee Lily the whole time. Like, Story I had of to my pee, life. You know, Lily, and at one point I was like, she needs to shut the fuck up. I was like, you need, I was like, you need to go pee somewhere else. So I was like, so, okay, from like our perspective, right? Like, it's, it's like lights, a wall, and then like green. So we're like, okay, maybe this is like a statue or like a grass area or like, you know, somewhere safe. Yeah. It was pitch black in that area. We saw like a floor though. I remember just like seeing like, I know it was like water, you know? Yes. It looked like grass. Mind you, it looked like I was going to step over a ledge onto solid grass. And then all you hear is whoop. <laughs> and then she throws her person phone right at me and she's like it's gonna it's gonna die and then she's getting out and she's like covered in like water and moss it was hilarious it was really disgusting but also very funny and i will say that this is the nicest or one of the nicest Tony's ever been, where he brushed all the moss off me. He fixed my hair. He was wringing out my shirt. I mean, I was, I was a real mess. <laughs> Literally, though, I never forget when you were in the water for a quick second. What you hear is, 
<laughs> but it was like a frog and she's like what is that next to me she's like get me out get me out <laughs> I jumped up like a ninja I don't even know how I got out of there so fast but it wasn't fast enough to not be soaked in this wet mossy Italy fountain water I don't even know what it was we don't even know what it was and but at the end of the, that even when she got dried off we still went out um she cut the line got in somehow before me and then went to, like the dry the hand drying <laughs> in the bathroom and dried off and you know what at the end of the night you know when I was done drying off my makeup was still okay my yeah, hair no, was good. fine you know I it's not like I looked like the Loch Ness monster but I certainly <laughs> felt like it <laughs> yeah and then we just died after that so now <laughs> all of you listeners know that this is one of my uh not my finest moments and I still went out anyway and you know what we made the best of it even though I probably should have went back to the hotel and maybe showered or whatever but we we had gone too far at this point we were committed to getting to this we were so committed like that 20 minute walk girl going across the bridge up the hill the final thing we were we were gonna conquer (laughs) and we had no idea where we were going mind you we were trying to follow I think like google maps and we were taking all these weird turns and Tony kept saying it's really really close and I'm like you've been saying that for the last 10 minutes (laughs) whatever (laughs) it's a great story though love that story it's like it's really really close you have to go up a mountain yeah you see that on top of the hill (laughs) it's like we were hiking up a mountain to get to this club I was like what is going on here literally my I think it's one of my favorite travel stories with you it's a great one. um <laughs> yeah I can't um yeah so I'm trying to think of any like fun pg-13 friendly oh. travel stories but a lot of them are not <laughs> a lot of them are not um you know you cannot talk about that on there yeah and if anything this story about Florence just shows you don't care about what other people think you want to go out you want to have your fun don't worry. And you know, the funny thing is we met a lot of people that night. We cut the whole line. So even me as the almost Loch Ness monster, we still had a great time. So forget what everyone else thinks. Don't worry about it. Amen to that, yo. Walk to your own beat of the drum. And I think that's something you do really well, Megan. And I, oh, I can't stress that enough to people. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, let's get into some game time. Oh, I love games. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so here at Anon Things with Game Time, I'm gonna give you three questions of who or what would you rather be for 24 hours. They're gonna be random. So are we ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Number one. Ooh, I'm thinking about a good one. Okay. Would you rather be Picasso's ear I'm pretty sure he's the one that cut it off right yeah <laughs> Picasso's Picasso's ear or was it Van Gogh I have no idea you're asking the wrong Maybe person like, <laughs> this is so bad <laughs> would, <laughs> would you no I think it was no Van Gogh went went to um like a like a an asylum for his mental health and that's when he like did one of some of his most paintings we we learned that in Amsterdam yes we went to the Van Gogh Museum which was really cool yes I don't remember him sewing off his ear I'm pretty sure it was Picasso probably who knows whatever yeah do I want to be Picasso's ear or (laughs) (laughs) or the statue David's PP for 24 hours I definitely (laughs) want to be the PP I mean who doesn't want to be David's dick? I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, he's so big. Oh, he's so, and look at that. I mean, he's like jacked up. He's got a, 
a PP. I mean, everyone's looking at it. People are probably touching it. I definitely am going to be the PP. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. That's good. I would be too. Good. Good answer. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> two. Would you rather be a peacock or a jaguar for twenty four hours? All right. So my initial reaction was, "You're a peacock. You got. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly." But jaguar is pretty badass, and they can run fast, and they're like, "I'm definitely a jaguar." You know, because I'm a peacock every day of my life, man. You know, I'm always flying, flapping the wings around. But definitely Jaguar for 24 hours. Yeah, I totally agree. Cheers, Who are you going to be? Jaguar. Oh, hell yeah. That's because you're also wow. a peacock every day in your life. I was going to say, I'm just running around going, <laughs> Spreading those things. <laughs> Strowing yeah, off. Not the, the only, not, the only, not the only thing I'm spreading. No, hey. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking it, but you said it. <laughs> I said it. Hey. Uh, <laughs> and number three would oh oh my god okay make it a good one it's the last one yeah would you rather it you have to finish this bottle in 24 hours would you rather finish a bottle of absinthe or moonshine oh i mean come on that's that's it first of all that's a great question side note me and tony can i share that story about amsterdam (laughs) yeah this is why i said so we drank absinthe in amsterdam and it was infused with cannabis and i don't know what that was it tasted terrible but we couldn't stop (laughs) laughing for almost an hour straight i mean the videos from this trip will live on it it was amazing so i'm gonna have to pick the absinthe again because i had such a good experience with you that i would definitely relive that uh, I would pick the same because, like, sometimes I look back at our videos and I'll just, like, if I want, like, a good laugh or, like, a laugh where I cry, I literally watch those videos. They're hilarious. They're great. But they're not for I your... I just have flashbacks. They're not for your listeners yeah. to see. <laughs> no, they are not. Like, Megan and I, we are... We've been knowing each other for almost two decades at this point. Like, literally, our trips go from, like, PG to PG-13 to rated R to back to PG within seconds. And so, maybe even triple X somewhere <laughs> in there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, our friendship goes to all levels. So I can't really talk about all the trips. But, yes, you guys can all imagine the shit that we got into. <laughs> Definitely. I like the uh, questions. Good questions. Thanks. I, I'm proud of the Absinthe Moonshine one. I was like, okay. That was a good one. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to like Wikipedia or Google after this who cut off their ear. I feel like it's Picasso. But... You'll have to let me know because now I'm curious. <laughs> I will. Uh, so before we wrap up and say bye, I, um, I want to ask you, what's a, what's a final word you would like the listeners to hear or a quote or something? I would say, uh, I guess it'll just be a kind of a wrap up like sentence or two is that don't allow stigma about mental health to stop you from seeking help. You know, uh, mental health is real. Mental illness is real. Bullying is not just something to be ignored. Um, You need to feel good mentally, emotionally, and physically. And, you know, take the leap. And change doesn't happen in your comfort zone. You have to step out of your comfort zone if you really want to bring about change. And it's not easy, but you can do it. And there are so many people to help you. So please, if you're struggling, I hope this uh, podcast inspires you to reach out. Mm -hmm. Um, Megan, thank you so much for being on this. Thanks for having uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to give you a call after, but I want to say I love you. Thanks for being a bomb-ass person. Thank you for giving back to the mental health community by being a social worker. We need you. We need therapists. We need people. People need people. So thank you. Thank you for your also your knowledge on everything. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, and I love you so much, and I hope everyone out there stays safe and healthy, and you take care of yourselves. All right. Bye, boo. Bye. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.